Welcome to the Positive Impact Podcast, where we dive into the world of movers, shakers, and changemakers, creating a positive impact on the world. This is your host, Alexandra Black Pollock, and together we're going to tackle real issues, discovering how we can make the world a better place. This episode of the Positive Impact Podcast is brought to you by HelloFresh, delicious, healthy, and fresh meals delivered straight to your door. Enjoy cooking again with scrumptious and easy to prepare meals three nights a week. Visit positiveimpactpodcast.com slash fresh for $40 off your first box. We've got a fun episode lined up today. Self-proclaimed girlpreneur, Holly Lichtenfeld, founder of Bright Girls, a company activating entire generation of girlpreneurs, started her entrepreneurial journey at eight years old selling canoe-shaped leaves. Today, she is helping girls to envision themselves as the next CEO or business leaders. Holly, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much. All right, so you got to break this down for me. Canoe-shaped leaves? Yeah, it's kind of a funny thing. So I was about seven or eight years old, and I just loved this tree in front of my house. It had these unique leaves. I actually don't even know what type of tree it was, but I thought they were amazing and thought other people would think they were amazing too. So I went out in front of my house with a sign, and I sold them, and you know, people are very kind, and a few people stopped and bought them from me. And that sort of was my first taste of entrepreneurialism. Now, I had the idea, right, that it didn't cost very much to uh, to get a leaf. But uh, <laughs> other than that, my business model had a bunch of problems to it. But it was a good starting point. You're right. It didn't have very much cost to it. But it's also <laughs> something that people, you know, probably have a lot of in their own backyards. <laughs> And, you know, typically they pay people to, you know, break them up. But I'm so glad that people stopped by and did purchase your canoe-shaped leaves because here you are today, your own girlpreneur and helping other girls follow the same path. Yes, and and helping them to improve on that path, for sure. (laughs) Working on that business model thing, right? Yes, exactly. So one of the things I absolutely love about the work that you're doing is you have a children's books that's really designed to spur the ideas for girls to be in this space. Can you tell us a little bit about why you decided to have a children's book? Yeah. So um, I have children myself. I actually have a boy and a girl. And I would frequently tell my daughter loves for me to tell her stories at night. And I was finding a lot of times I would end up having the main character was an entrepreneurial uh character. And I started to think, is there anything out there like this where kids are getting exposed to this and really learning? Because some of my stories would actually teach her some of the components of business. And so I went out and looked in the market and there wasn't anything out there like this. And um, I feel like it's really important to start young, to get out ahead of um, issues with gender to help girls young start to opening their opening their minds to these things. And so I thought that a book for 8 to 12-year-old girls would be a perfect way to do that. Now, this 8 to 12-year-old range is so fascinating because we have another one of our guests who is empowering girls in STEM focus her efforts there. Why was your focus on the 8 to 12-year-old range? Um, because if you think about it, a lot of girls do start to – have interest in this. You see it in little things like the lemonade stands or my canoe leave idea or whatever. (laughs) Um, But then we find with a lot of things with STEM too, that you get into middle school and they start to move away. 
And so while they're open to this and you can make it fun and interesting, I felt like it was a perfect time to get in there. And also, um, there's a lot of data that says that already by the age of about 14, there was a survey done, or actually a little younger than that, 12, 13. There's a huge gap already in interest in being an entrepreneur between boys and girls. And so this study was saying it's really important to get in front of them before high school. And so that also got me feeling that it was very important. Now, you're going to have to forgive me. I don't spend a lot of time with kids anymore, minus a couple of, you know, stolen moments with my six-month-old niece. What age are we, or what grade are we talking about with eight years old? And what grade are we talking about with 12-year-olds? So it's third till about sixth grade. Oh, wow. That's actually much younger than I thought. It's been a while since I've been in those grades. Yeah, and, and I've worked hands-on. It you know it depends on the, the third graders is a little bit on the young end. I kind of find that the sweet spot, and again, it's, it's always different with aptitude and interest by the age of the child, but like fourth, fifth, sixth are sort of really good. Third, depending on, on the child and their interest. And by the time you get to junior high, depending on your school, you get the opportunity to select your own electives. Yes, that's true. And I know definitely I, by then I was kind of already interested in the arts and self-selecting out of science. And yeah, science and I just never had a great relationship. <laughs> <laughs> so this incredible book that you have, when parents kind of start opening it, what can they expect to find inside? So um, I wrote, a, I did a run through and then I got you know, I'm a marketer. I, that was what I've done throughout my life and a product developer. So I wanted to get it in front of the girls that were going to use it and make sure they were super excited about it. So I started and then tested it with different girls. And so what I ended up with is something I'm really excited about because the girls helped me to create it. It's very colorful. It's got a story about two girls. And as you go through it, it has activities. So as the story is going, the two girls in it are Kylie and Lucy. The girls do activities with them as they build their business. And then in the back of the book, there are additional activities for them that relate back to the story but are you know, a little bit more independent of it. So it's just a very fun book to do. Um, and the girls you know, basically told me, I could see when they did it, they were like, this is awesome, more of this, you know, this is great. And just girls are so much fun to work with. So that's what they can expect from the book. It's fun. Now, what kind of activities are they working on? So there's everything from, so I start with how do you brainstorm? How do you come up with your idea? So there's some activities on brainstorming and I add, go through, you know, what makes a good brainstorming session um, and how they can do it with their friends. Um, and then there's another section about research. How do you research your idea? And then they actually can go and do a little survey themselves. And so there's lots of specific things like that. Then there's just some fun things where um, if they needed to design a product, how would they design it? So they get to do some drawing and um, thinking through a creative component. Um, and then there's a part of it that I'm really proud of where I wanted to, my big thing is to teach um, the next generation about responsible innovation and responsible businesses. So I have a part in here about the girls develop bracelets, but I have them actually talking about the materials in the bracelets. And specifically, I get into a little conversation about lead and um, how they have to make sure to pick materials and how they want to pick materials that are safe because they're going to be selling these them to their friends. So there's like a lot packed into this book, but it's in a very fun, digestible way for kids. 
Wow. I mean, that's something that a lot of us as adults need to be reminded of. Not only, you know, all the foundation work for business, but particularly that responsible component. Absolutely. And I think we'll have, I truly believe that idea that you can do good for yourself uh, while making sure what you're doing is good for other people. And so that's, I think that's an idea we should help children to understand young so that they grow up really thinking about both aspects of that. And especially when we're young, you know, we're all so generous, you know, we're full of love and just so excited about things. And just as we get older, there's so many things demanding our time and attention that a lot of times we lose focus on that and it's just hard to bring it back. Absolutely. That sentiment is alive so much. You are so right on and so many young girls. And I see actually, in addition to my book, I work with a lot of girls, um, outside the book, real girls, not just illustrated girls. And, um, <laughs> and they are doing amazing things um, and have these ideas of how they can make the world better. So it's, it's definitely there. That's alive and well. We just have to nurture it. <laughs> and especially nurturing it and really embedding it hand in hand so young that you can be a business, you can do, be a CEO, but also to remember that you're doing this business for good. I mean, that training is so essential really exciting things coming out of this book, I'm sure. Yes, yes, absolutely. I hear from um, parents who've read it. I love when they get back to me and say, she read it, she did everything in it, and now she's doing this. We came up a way for her to sell t-shirts, or she's doing this, or she's doing that. And so I love hearing that it's truly getting them excited. You know, how they, it's so important for girls to grow up knowing that they can be entrepreneurs and that they have the control and a way to, to make themselves financially independent. One of the things I'm just really curious about, especially in the business world today, everyone is so scared of failure. But all the successful entrepreneurs come back and say, failure was really where I learned and that's where I grew. Is there any of your components that work around teaching girls that it's okay to fail and that you can still move ahead around that? Yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up. There's actually a part in the book where the girls have done all this planning and they come up with their business idea and then they get some information. In this case, it turns out that what they wanted to do is too expensive. Ooh. And so they've gone, put all this time and energy in, and now one of the girls is really deflated about it. And the other one's like, you know what, we're going to figure this out. And in this case, the way that they solve it is they reach out to a mentor, which is another big theme of mine. And I think that it's very important to teach adults and girls, children this young. It's it's the key, connecting with other people. And so, you know, they're taking a risk by putting all their time into this. But the story here is if you, you can solve your way around it. Now, there are sometimes you can't. And that may be a storyline and another one that it's okay to take a risk and totally fail. But in this first book, um, I made it where they put all this time in, had a problem, and then they were able to find their way out of it. Man, could you imagine how far ahead we'd be if we started at like 10 or 12 years old working through all those terrible business models? <laughs> then and again, just the other thing too about at least my philosophy is kids have to be kids and they have to be out playing, having free play, you know, doing all the things they should be doing. Um, the point with my stuff too is to have them get excited about it. And even if they read the book and then they don't do anything, they'll, they'll take something away from it. If they read the book and they do a lemonade stand that has even a little more components from the book to make it a better lemonade stand, 
then great. And they never go back to it till they're older. You know, every kid will do something different. Business should not take over a child's life. But if they have fun with it and it leaves a good feeling with them and they learn some things about it, then that will help them down the road. So I just wanted to be clear about that. Like kids <laughs> need to be kids. And that's the way I've kind of approached all of this. What a good comprehensive look that you have at this. Really exciting. <laughs> I have to admit, I actually did several lemonade stands growing up. My mom would have garage sales and then I would just like do the lemonade stand next to it. Um, but what was really interesting, and I know for me, is that when my younger brother started doing lemonade stands, I would always get really worried that, you know, he might not succeed. And so I remember like once kind of catching myself almost trying to talk him out of it. Um, is this something that you've found in your space where other people are trying to talk the girls out of doing new business models or things like that? Absolutely. I actually do a talk with adults that's called how to empower the girlpreneur in your life. And one of the big points I have is if she shows that interest, nurture it. I actually was um, in a TV interview and the host before I came in said, you know, Holly, it's so cool that you're here today. This weekend, my 10 year old daughter told me that she wants to bake brownies and sell them. And the mother being very well intentioned said to her, that's great, but you know, you have to make the best brownies. You know, that's what you have to strive to do. You really shouldn't get into this business unless you're going to make the best brownies. And that's a pretty high bar to set. That's so a my really high bar. <laughs> I can't even, I mean, my brownies come out of the box. Actually, I don't even eat chocolate, but my, you know, the ones I make for my husband, they come out of the box and they're pretty pathetic. So I said to the mom, I get what the lesson you were trying to teach her, but think about it from this way. She... The companies that are most successful don't always make the best thing. They have a good product. You should have a product you're proud of, but it's the marketing. It's the partnerships you do. It's a whole thing. It's the packaging. Um, so if that mom instead had said, that's a great idea and had her, her daughter look at, okay, let, how are we going to price this? Let's go figure out what the ingredients are and how much they cost. You got to make sure you're going to make money. You know, any little thing, let's make a great sign. She would have gotten so much away from that, but by the mother putting this crazy hurdle there, the daughter wasn't going to, you know, I doubt. It would be a very rare kid who would feel that they could make the best brownies in the world. Um, and so, exactly, it's really easy to try to think you're doing something helpful, but <laughs> deterring them. So nurture, nurture, don't deter, help them to learn from every experience and grab that excitement when they have it. And realize what lesson is the best to teach at that moment. I mean, there were so many great lessons that you brought up there is like, well, let's look at this bigger picture. What does this actually mean? And you can always work later and say, how do you think, how good do you think your brownies are? Is there a way we can make them better? Also, you know, to make sure that we don't raise a whole generation of perfectionists that never launch because it's never perfect. Because that's Exactly. Also <laughs> that's a great point. Oh, all right. So... I want to hear about some of the girls that are out there doing cool business endeavors because I know that you're working with some amazing ones. So can you share a story with us? Yes. So um, it's hard to pick just one. because <laughs> Well, how about we start with one and then we'll walk through a couple. <laughs> yeah. Once you start looking, it's pretty amazing. So there's one, um, one girl. She's a high school student. Her name is Alexis Kauchik. And she um, lost two close people to her and decided to start doing something around um, mental illness and raising awareness and money for it. And so um, she puts a lot of time into that and has built a business around um, selling candles. 
So that's amazing because she's set up a nonprofit and um, is doing really great work. And movers and shakers, I am so excited. I hope you join us on Friday because we are actually connecting with Alexis and she's going to share her her story on the Stories from the Field episode. So very excited to connect with her because what she's been able to accomplish is just mind-blowing. Absolutely. All right. Do you have another one that you can share with us? Um, This is a very young girl. She was um, about nine years old when she came up with an idea. A lot of these great ideas come from personal experiences. So she's a cancer survivor. There was a competition in her school for an innovation. And her innovation, because she had lived it, was that the cancer treatments take too long. And so she wanted to come up with a mobile way to um, administer the treatment. So for example, she would say she would be at a cancer camp, but she'd end up having to be in the infirmary for six hours getting her IV drip. So she designed this backpack um, that would allow you to have the IV instead of having a big pole attached to it. And it would be designed in a very kid awesome way. And um, she actually has had it patented, and her parents are now working with her and have engaged the, the um, company from Pillow Pets, and they're looking at trying to develop this product. I'm sorry, how old did you say she was? She was nine when she came up with the idea. She was nine years old, and she came up with a backpack for treatment for cancer patients. Yep. And what and the theme here, which is a theme that I keep seeing, and this is another one I do an adult talk about, is... So girls are often agents of change, but they need the help of their parents. And I see this theme a lot where a young girl will come up with an idea, the parents will help her bring it to life, and then the the girl will get back to being a child and stop focusing on it so much, and the parents will actually run with it. And then they'll have the, the girl be involved in some way, but in a way that is age appropriate where she's not not doing sports and not doing school. So it's a it's an amazing phenomenon, really. Exciting. I mean, just being really open to the possibilities out there. I have to admit, I mean, I personally don't have kids, but it would have never occurred to me that the next new business idea I would pursue might come from a nine-year-old. Yep. It's amazing that sort of from their perspective, what they're seeing Um, they clearly see things that we don't see and see needs that we don't see. Oh, incredible. All right. Do you have a third story you could share with us? Um, yeah, this one is a young girl, uh, out of Northern California. Her parents went and saw, um, a photography display about, um, children in, in slavery. And when this little girl heard about it, she was appalled. She couldn't even understand that that was a concept. And she decided to run a um, lemonade stand for 365 days to raise money in her mind to end. You know, she thought she could raise enough money to end childhood slavery. Um, they raised a lot of money. Her father is um, very savvy on social media and they got some great attention for this young girl going out every day and setting this up. And now her parents have run with it and it's called Make a Stand. And they are working on continuing her work by bottling lemonade and continuing to donate money. Wow. It really goes to show you that these girls can go anywhere. Oh, and this particular girl met with the Dalai Lama. What? He, he got wind of what she – there's a picture of her on um, – yeah. Oh, and by the way, all the girls I mentioned on my blog, I've done, you know, 
features on them. So if anyone is interested in, in getting their names or hearing more of them, it's brightgirlscompany.com backslash blog. And we will definitely make sure to have that link in the show notes page because you are going to want to read these stories. I, I want to go and meet all these <laughs> girls. Holly, you have so much really cool things that you guys have done with the company thus far. What are some of the things you have on the horizon? So the way that I'm going with this is I felt very passionate about this book. And now I'm kind of seeing where the need is. I don't want to go do things that someone's already doing well. I don't want to duplicate. I want to go where I can be most helpful. So one thing is this year I'm focusing on um, girls working on environmental, social causes, things like that. So I'm going to be highlighting and supporting girls more and more in that space. That's my goal for 2016. I'm also working on um, financial literacy for children and for girls. So I'm starting to write some articles and develop some content around that. And then um, doing talks with adults on how they can empower their the girls in their life to be entrepreneurs and, um, and financially savvy. I think you got a lot on your plate for the year. <laughs> yeah, very, you know, 2016, it's going to be a big year. Oh, Exciting. All right. So these girls in the social space, particularly environmental, how are you getting connected with them? Well, I would love through your show if there was anyone. And actually, I by girlpreneurs, I do from 8 to 128. So um, (laughs) I'm looking for women doing interesting things. And so it's through networking. um, It's through reading articles online. And um, I put out on social media you know, every so often on, on my handles that I'm looking for people. Um, yeah, there are people doing amazing things out there. I just met a girl doing something in, um, social, I mean, I'm sorry, in soil that I'm really interested in as well. So wide range of, of topics. All right. You got to give us a little bit more of a teaser than doing something cool in soil. (laughs) Well, she has a PhD that she's pursuing in, and I've been hearing more and more from the people that I've been speaking to um, about issues with soil and how we're degrading the soil and the future of food. And so I need to become more educated on that. But I love that she is, I called her a girl because I work with girls so much. She's really a woman. Um, I was going to say, I haven't met any girls with a PhD (laughs) quite yet. That doesn't mean you can't have it. I just haven't met you. Yeah, so sorry about that. She's um she's in her twenties and she's going for a PhD. And so we just were chatting, and um, that that's all I know. So more to come on that. All right. Well, as soon as you get details, I hope you let us know so we can have that on the show notes page. We'll do. Well, Holly, this has been fantastic. Are you ready for some rapid fire questions? I am. Perfect. The rapid fire is one of my all-time favorite parts of the show, and I think it's just because of those adventures we get to talk about, like shark diving. How many guests have we had that have gone shark diving? Absolutely incredible. But before we dive into that, I wanted to share a quick insight from this incredible event called Journey to Social Entrepreneurship, which was all about focusing in and channeling the power of service to fuel powerful social enterprises. So that insight was all about asking permission. Sometimes we wait too long to act, almost waiting for the world to give us the okay. K Tekka founder describes a pivotal moment in his journey where he could either move forward or ask permission. If you're at a point in your life where you're ready to activate and you're ready 
to move forward, then this event is for you. Unlock all 20 recordings at journeytosocialentrepreneurship.com slash live. That includes some incredible founders like Three Twins Ice Cream, Cooley Cooley, Sponsor Change, My Ed Match, and more. And with that, I think we're ready for a dose of adventure. All right. Life is a balance of work, passion, and adventure. Can you tell us about a recent adventure or excursion you've gone on? Yes. Um, this past summer, I've been wanting to go to Cinque Terre for a couple of decades. I love Cinque um, Terre. <laughs> yep. I hiked it, and it was so fun to bring my children there because I had thought I would go when I was younger, and it totally exceeded my expectations. That was fabulous. Everyone, Italy is amazing, and Cinque Terre was one of my favorite places. So, oh, you got it. Amazing. And I'm so glad that you hiked it. Um, it's this really cool five cities that you can kind of hike in between all of them, and then you take the train back if you were like me. <laughs> yes, and, and if you pick the harder hikes, the fewer, fewer people there are on them. There you go. What has been one of your most memorable trips to date? Um, so out of college, I worked in investment banking and realized that that was not my calling. And I left and backpacked through Mexico and Central America. And that was a real turning point for me, both in terms of a incredible trip and a decision to actually work in renewable energy at the time. So amazing. Many social entrepreneurs find solace in tranquility in the outdoors. Have you found this to be true in your work? Absolutely. As you can tell, I love hiking. I find that it's even better than the shower at coming up with great ideas. Um, <laughs> but I also love just calm, you know, not emptying my mind and not thinking about work and just truly, you know, you got to remember those times to just enjoy it, to enjoy it. So I absolutely think it's the outdoors or where it's at. Oh, so true. Can you describe a time when you were able to have boots on the ground and see the results of your work in action? Yeah, I would say um, one of the things I do is is hands-on workshops with the girls, and I start them off by seeing if anyone knows what the definition is of an entrepreneur. And one nine-year-old girl in one of these classes raised her hand, and I'm shocked when they know what it means, but she said, yes, it's a man who runs a business. Oh. Yeah, it's a man. And so it, you know, the answer should be, it's a person, it's a man or a woman. It's, you know, so that underscored the need for the work that I'm doing to just, you know, have them envision themselves that way. And so, um, that was a real important moment for me. Yeah. If that doesn't affirm every single thing that you're doing, I don't know what does. <laughs> what has been one of your biggest successes with Bright Girl? Um, I really think it's just seeing how enthused the girls who have read the book get. And then again, hearing the things I said before that, that they actually acted and did something on their own and it inspired them to do that. Um, that's, that's the reason I did it. And that gets me excited. We talked a lot about the importance of failure in business and you and I both know it's quite a roller coaster. What has been one of your favorite mistakes as you grew this business? I guess this isn't so much a mis maybe it's a little bit of a mistake, but um, I launched with a Kickstarter campaign. Um, and one of the things learning from that is I did a lot of pre-research to think about how to understand what I was getting into and how I was going to have to raise the money. Um, 
But when I give advice to other people, I on that in terms of not making a mistake with Kickstarter, it's it's truly listening to Kickstarter and and not making sure the amount of money you're asking for is the amount that you can do to get the job done and um, not more. So I would say that that would be the one thing is to just, because it's a lot of work to do the Kickstarter campaign. So that was something that I learned. It is. Those Kickstarter campaigns, super incredible tool, but it's a lot of work. Yeah. I mean, people come to me now and ask if it's a good idea for them and, and I go through some things to help them evaluate it if it is. It's, 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 it's a lot of work. Yeah. So how much money did you um, aim for when you launched that? So it was $8,000. And then how much did you end up raising? Oh, just a little bit over $8,000. <laughs> Success. Yes. But it's also where you are in your um, process. So I kick started my whole idea. I kicked it off with this. It was kind of a kick in the butt that I needed because I wanted to have the book finished by the time I did the campaign. The more successful ones I think that I observed is it's um, you're already way into your process. People know what you're doing. You've maybe been out there for a while. You know what I mean? So it's not the very beginning. So it's interesting. But anyway, lot to lot to learn before or to know before you do that. Fun tool though. And yeah, definitely a learning curve. And you know, I also know entrepreneurs who have gone out to Kickstarter two to three times. So it's not necessarily yep. a one-stop shop. <laughs> Absolutely. Obviously, we all need to have your book on our reading list. But is there perhaps another book that you recommend it recommend to individuals who want to make a socially minded impact? Um, I think that if you already have an idea of what you want to do, but you've not been acting on it yet, I would recommend Confidence Code by Caddy Kay and Claire Shipman. It just comes down to that confidence gets you to take action. And it's written for women, but when I was reading it, I know a lot of men who have the characteristics they're talking. I mean, everyone needs, most everyone needs help with confidence. So I think it's good for both genders. Um, and I found it super helpful. It was referred to me by a friend who works inside a company and found it super helpful. So I think it's good for entrepreneurs or people who work inside of a company. New book. So excited to check that one out. We touched a little bit on how mentorship is one of the themes in your book. What role has mentorship played in your life? Um, it has taught me to be a great manager and mentors of others. In one of my early jobs at Levi Strauss, I had a boss who was a huge advocate for her team, and she showed me how to be a great boss, manager, and mentor. And by doing that early in my career, um, she helped me to then create that virtuous cycle where I love mentoring people. Um, I look at people to help mentor me. No matter where I am in my career, I always feel like I can be helped. So it's, it's been a great thing for me from the very early part of my career. Now, to girlpreneurs of all ages, what advice do you have for them to find good mentors? I think first is to look, don't think that a mentor just has to be, if you're a, a girl, it has to be, or if you're a woman, it has to be a woman. And if you're a man, it has to be a man. That's one thing that everyone should be doing is we all have to help each other. So make sure that you look for someone that is of whatever gender. And it really has to be someone who is going to, um, to give you, you know, the time consistently that you need, but not a ton of time. Most people who are good mentors can't sit with you for hours and hours. So if it's someone who can give you a half hour once a month, then that's a good mentor from you. And just 
have that continuity so they can see where you're going and they can help you. I'm actually mentoring a woman right now. She met me through a organization that we're both um, members of and she approached me. She's trying to get back into the workforce and I'm more than happy to help her. And for me, a half hour a month is very doable right now. So you have to look for places to meet people and then who have not a ton of time, but enough time to give you. Also a great reminder that it doesn't hurt to ask. Yep. Holly, what mantra or motto keeps you moving forward in your business? For me, it's the idea that I can help women and have a positive impact on the world by teaching this next generation of girls to be responsible innovators because they'll grow up developing great things and also taking care of themselves. (laughs) You know, we're all about that positive impact here. Absolutely. I love the work that you're doing. (laughs) Thank you. All right. And lastly, what advice do you have for our listener today who wants to go out and make a positive impact in their daily lives? Um, I can just share what's been successful for me. My first passion was renewable energy, but I didn't really know that. That was when I left investment banking. So what I did was I just read lots of articles and talked to people until I found the thing that spoke to me. And then I just spoke to a lot of people and networked. And I truly believe that if you don't share with people what your passion is, it's very hard for it to come to life. So first try to identify that idea by your exposing yourself to lots of things and then get out there and talk about it. And if there's no particular job in it, another thing I did when I moved out to California was I couldn't get a job in renewables as a marketer, but I got very involved in a nonprofit, made connections, learned more about the industry. Fast forward, I then had a consulting company where I had um, clients that were solar firms. So that's how, yeah, it might take time, but you make it happen if you've stick with it. Absolutely phenomenal. Holly, you have been such an amazing guest today. Really appreciate your time. How do our listeners find out more about your company and this incredible new book that you have on the market? Uh, The website is very long word, all one word, bright, B-R-I-G-H-T, girlscompany.com. And you can also find us on Twitter and Facebook as Bright Girls Co., Exciting, Holly. Thank you for your time this morning. Thank you. Wow. If you're not inspired by a nine-year-old girl who creates an entire line of backpacks designed specifically for cancer patients, I don't know what to do. I'm just blown away by the things that can happen when you really tell girls that they can do anything because let's be honest, they can for all of the resources mentioned, and I know that you guys want to follow up and read the stories of these girls, head on over to our show notes page at positiveimpactpodcast.com slash brightgirls. That's B-R-I-G-H-T girls. Hang out with us there, and you can also get two free audio downloads thanks to Audible, where you can check out Confidence Code and one of the other many great books that our guests have recommended. As we mentioned, we're connecting with Alexis on Friday to hear about her incredible candle company that's now this thriving nonprofit. I know that I'm stoked, and I hope that you join us there with our Stories from the Field episode. Until next time, keep doing your part to make the world a better place.